Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. Jessica Stevens here, your host of I Just Blank Now About the Podcast. So thankful for each and every single one of you for coming back and listening to another Now What Wednesday story. We are now mid-January. How's everyone feeling? How you doing? It has been a few weeks since many of us have hit the reset button and started some really good healthy habits. Um, And we are working towards becoming the best version of ourselves here in 2023. And today's episode and guest is definitely going to help you keep on that journey of self-improvement and visioning the life that you want to have, even if it's not the life that you're living right now. So today on the show, originally this episode was all about, you know, going into debt for a career that she found out or eventually decided she didn't want. But quickly as we started talking, we realized it was a much better title of I Just Had a Vision, Now What? And the lovely angel Shannon is my guest who will be sharing this story with all of us. So a little bit about Angel. She is a personal development keynote speaker, board certified nurse practitioner, and founder of Steva Health and and the Seva Institute. Her inspiring presentations are drawn from nearly three decades of clinical practice and lifetime study of integrative health and mind-body medicine. Through courses, coaching, and community, and radical self-compassion practices, Angel teaches overworked professionals how to break free from burnout and gain the clarity, courage, and confidence they need to design the life they deserve. In 2014, she founded Seva Health, specializing in functional medicine and integrative health for adults and seniors. Drawing upon nearly three decades of experience in chronic disease care and personal study of mind-body medicine, Angel takes a unique integrative approach to preventing preventative health care. Using the tools of functional medicine and mindfulness-based practices, Angel's patients uncover root causes of their conditions, developing strategies that change their lives, not just their symptoms. In addition to managing her busy clinical and coaching practice, Angel is the host of Healthy House Calls with Angel, a podcast filled with tips, tools, and strategies that help listeners live longer and live better with lifestyle medicine. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank. Now what? Me too, friend. Me too. I've had quite a few actually. And in the moment, I never knew what I was going to do next. Of course, I had to figure it out. Sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, you know I'm all about the healthy habits, and one of the best ways to create a new habit is to track your actions. Tracking helps keep you accountable, and as you see your progress, you're motivated to keep going. My daily wellness planner and tracker, designed by my friend Frankie Bold, helps you monitor all the important things you do each day for 90 days. How much sleep you get, glasses of water you had, 
the healthy meals you prepared, what you're grateful for each and every single day. Use the link in the show notes and grab your My Daily Wellness Planner and Tracker from Frankie Bold. When you keep track of your healthy habits and just keep stacking one day on top of the next, before you know it, 2023 will be the year you live as the best version of yourself that you want to be. So grab your planner and let's start tracking together. Well, hello, Angel. Hi there, Jessica. How are you? I'm doing well. It's a nice, bright, sunny day here. So whenever I get a little extra vitamin D, it's always a good day in my books. Same here. Same here. And it's beautiful today. Chilly, but beautiful. (laughs) All right. Well, we are going to have quite the conversation today, which I think is one that's going to resonate with a lot of other people out there in the world because, you know, we education is so extensive and so many people go into school thinking about their careers and what they want to do. And they spend all this money on you know, degrees and masters and all the things. And then they get out into the working world and they're like, I hate this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your story. story. But before we do that, before we jump into the details, do you want to tell some people about you? Obviously I just read your wonderful bio to everybody, but I always (laughs) love for guests to share a little bit about themselves in their own words about something that they actually want people to know about them. Thank you so much. Well, you read my bio, Angel Shannon, founder and executive director of SIVA Health and the SIVA Institute, where we put mindfulness and compassion in action. And I really do believe that good health is the first wealth. So everything I do for people and for myself is about helping people change their lives, not just their symptoms. That's not just a tagline. It is what I truly believe in. I think that we all have the power to design the life we really desire and deserve. So that's really the crux of what my work is about, but also what I'm about, because I'm at that stage in my life where I'm focusing on Angel 2.0 and all the things that I know that I deserve in this lifetime. Excellent. Okay. So that's where you are now, but we're going to rewind the tape. We're going to take everybody back to a time when Angel was not in this blissful, aligned, wonderful state, (laughs) you know, take us back to, you know, you being a student. Yeah. Well, let me take you back a little further than that, because the truth of the matter is I never wanted to work in healthcare. You know, my whole thing was when I was in high school and went in college, I wanted to do international corporate law. I had this dream of working in Tokyo or Japan, you know, and I wanted to work for IBM and I really loved law. I love strategy. I love research. I love a good debate, you know, all that kind of thing. And through a series of just events and personal decisions when you're young and silly and dating and you think you're so in love and whatnot. I took a detour, did not, I went to undergrad, but I did not go to law school. And the career I was working in as a paralegal was not going to cut it because I'd gone to St. John's University, had tons of loans. It's in New York. And um, had a friend who said, you should really think about nursing. And I'm like, nursing that is like as far from law as, you know, heaven is from hell. Right. And so She worked in an ICU and she loved it and the thrill of like the trauma and the, you know, just all that she was learning. And I said, you know what? I need a fast track. I need to, you know, get in my career and do something. And I thought, you know, two years, I can do that. I can do anything in two years. And there were a number of other things going on. You know, I'd gotten married and all this kind of thing and just not a good marriage. 
And I did it, did the program in two years, graduated with honors, came out, did the same thing she was doing, ICU, absolutely loved it for a while. And then like so many people who are in intensive care and in the acute care setting, just the 12 hour shifts, you know, the long days, the long weekends and whatnot. And I said, you know what, there's got to be a better way. And I really fundamentally didn't believe in the work we were doing in the hospital. You know, we were just, you know, band-aiding people, helping people get better, putting a band-aid on. And we had people coming in and out all the time for the same things. And I knew for sure, based on my upbringing, that that wasn't the version of healthcare that I really wanted to, to practice. And I'd heard something about, you know, nurse practitioners, midwives, advanced practice nursing. And everyone I talked to said, oh, you don't want to do that. You're just going to be doctor's handmaiden and you know, you're going to do more work for less pay and whatnot. But I had this vision of owning my own clinic, like my own wellness center, especially for women, because I'd see so many, you know, in intensive care, I work in cardiac, cardiac focused care. So a lot of women who had had heart attacks, heart disease, you know, you know, broken heart syndrome, as we call it, which is the result of overwhelming stress in the body and whatnot. And I'd said, you know, I would love to own my own clinic, do like herbal medicine and real wellness and all this kind of thing. Long story made short, I decided to pursue that path. I said, you know, what? I'm going to, I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to go for this advanced practice nursing, did the program again, graduated with honors. So excited about it. Got my first job right out of graduate school. And it was nothing close, not even close to what I wanted to do all that I had envisioned, you know, in my practice as we're going to very fast paced clinic, seeing 25 to 30 patients a day, you know, and they were very skilled at their marketing. Let me put it that way. So where people would come in for simple things, there were upsells and there were all kinds of other things that we were responsible for doing. I was the youngest man or woman, woman on the totem pole, so to speak. So I often had, you know, a full, you know, a more full schedule working on the weekends doing, I mean, it was just right. way different than what I had imagined. And mind you, I'd gone to University of Maryland School of Nursing, which is probably the number two or number three school back then in the, in the country. Very, very, very good school, but expensive. <laughs> and I thought to myself, wow, I spent all this time dreaming of what I want this to look like. All of these years in intensive care, all of this money, you know, for this program. And here I am in a worse position than what I started because at least working in the hospital, it was three shifts a week, you know, three days a week, maybe four. When it was over, it was over. Now I'm working five days a week, seeing 25 to 30 patients a day. That's a lot. Yeah. And it's not just seeing the patients, it's doing the labs and the medication all, refills. All the time after the patients, all you after know, the patient. and all the follow-up yeah. and all the things like the job. Right. It's not like, Hey, you just checked out of your shift at the Exactly. At the hospital and exactly. now you're gone. You, yeah. You're like taking the, you're taking the patients home with you. You're taking the patients home with you. And because of my own personal ecology, my own personal constitution, I literally took patients home with me. You know, I would think about the things, 
that they talked about behind the closed doors. I would look into, gosh, the next time I see Mrs. Jones, I really am going to try her on such and such beta blocker or such and such. And I don't even think it's this. I think it's that. You know, I was internalizing a lot of what I'd see in the clinical practice. And I wasn't really able to divorce myself from their experience, you know, those healthy boundaries that we talk about. Mm -hmm. And so I realized that I had one of two choices. I could either leave that practice, which I did and went to another practice. And of course, you know, you, you only just change the stage and the scenery, but the story remains the same. I could either leave or leave that specialty and go into research because I'm, I'm close to NIH here in DC. So that was an option or I could really start working on the vision of healthcare that I know or knew then was possible and start executing on that and build it from the ground up. And that excited me. The possibility of building something from the ground up the way I want it to be, you know, it excited me. And I thought, I can do this. It'll be scary, but I can do this. Like I've done everything else and just build from the ground up. Everything is figureoutable. Yeah, because... You know, the the interesting thing is, I say this two ways. I'm not the first to do it. I wasn't the first to do it, build a practice, but I was the first to do it the way I did it. Because no one's going to do what you do the way you do it. That's number one. Number two, legally speaking, nurse practitioners were not even legally able to have their own practice when I started dreaming this up. I mean, it was, you know, we, as advanced practice nurses, we had to work under the supervision of physicians for a long time. And there are a number of states here in the United States where that is still the case in 2022, 2023, where healthcare disparities are what they are. We have still have laws on the books that say that an advanced practice nurse has to work under a physician. But in any case, as fortune would have it, here in Maryland, as I was dreaming this up, the laws changed. Our governor signed a you know piece of legislation that allowed nurse practitioners to just have a single collaborative agreement, which was one page, went from like 50 pages down to one page. And then the governor after that sort of signed the next piece of legislation that made it such that we could be in independent practice. So it was time meeting my preparation you know, because luck, what's that saying about luck favors the prepared? Something along those lines. Something along that line. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was timing, but it was also that I was prepared to walk into that next evolution of my destiny in creating Siva Health. Wow. What a journey, right? Yeah. Lots of time, as you mentioned, lots of investments financially Mm -hmm. and mentally and emotionally. Yeah. But in the end, you're exactly where you envisioned and wanted to be. Yeah. You know, there's a saying that when you get sort of frustrated in where you are in your career, in your life, just always remember that there was a time when this here, where you are now, is exactly where you wanted to be. And it's true. You know, even the growth that I'm experiencing now and taking the practice and the business in a different direction, 
this is where I wanted to be. And I have to say, you know, when I went back to school, I had two young kids, married, my dog, Sonny, God rest his soul. You know, I, and I was working full time. You know, I didn't have the 20, 30 year old grad student experience and, you know, backpacking through Europe or whatever. That wasn't my story. I was working full time, you know, and school full time. And I was a graduate teaching assistant. So it was a lot, you know, and then to come out and wow, this isn't even what I thought it would be. It's it's kind of disenchanting, right? And mm-hmm. a little bit soul crushing for you yeah. to go through that. But I'm glad that you didn't just collapse there because yeah. so many people do. So many people like you go to school, get the education, get the extra degree, Put in all the time, the energy, the money, the effort in in all industries, especially Mm -hmm. law, medicine, sure, you name it, engineers, all of them, and they get into the field and they and they're like, "This is not what I thought it was going to be." Yeah, and people have a decision, just like you. You're like, "I can, I can walk, Mm -hmm. or I can take all that time, energy, and investment that I've put into this." and morph it into serving me in a way that I want it to. Yeah. You know, so true. And that's where we are right now. You know, I see, you know, the great resignation and the burnout. We're talking about all of this and now layoffs. And I just think there comes a point in your life where, and I'm, I'm thankful for meditation practice. I've been a, you know, student of meditation, the bulk of my adult life. And I have to credit my meditation practice for allowing me to touch that still point in myself, to get still and get quiet and get really, really inside of my own experience, inside my heart, inside my core values to touch that desire in myself. What is it that you really want to do? What is it you're called to do? What is your purpose, you know, beyond just the career? What is your soul's mission? What does your soul yearn for? And what does that look like? You know, for me, you know, you we follow each other, I believe, on LinkedIn. And I talk about vision boards and vision board parties and all this and, and workshops. And I do a lot of that work because you have to have a vision. You have to know. You have to be able to see yourself in an experience. And I could see myself doing the work and the service work that I, you know, had mapped out. I could literally see myself doing that. And so it wasn't very difficult to really manifest that or bring that into being because I had a solid picture that was rooted in my core values, you know, rooted in my childhood, rooted in what I fundamentally believe about healthcare and the meaning of health and people and what people deserve to experience in, in, in a healthcare encounter, you know? So I credit my meditation practice for getting me, I always say to my patients and coaching clients above the clouds, you know, when you're flying and you're in the clouds and you literally cannot see front or back but after you just get a little bit higher, you know, and elevate and you know, ascend and you above, get above, above the weather. Is above we the weather. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I had to do in that 
time of my life is just really get above all of the noise that's in here and out here and just touch that still point to determine the next step. And that's all you really need to know is the next, the very next step. Not all the steps after that, just the very next step. And also remember that all of that that you just weathered and gone through is not wasted. Right. Right. Because so many people have this mindset of like, I just spent all this time and energy and money on this thing. I hate it. And they just want to like shut the door and walk away and then, you know, start this next thing with this mindset of like, they're starting over. Right. But you're not starting over because your experience has brought has is coming with you, whether you like it or not. Mm -hmm. And wherever, even if you go into a totally different field, different industry, different space from Mm -hmm. what you, you know, walked Mm -hmm. away from, you're still bringing all that experience with you. So it's actually never wasted. The money was still worth it. Yes. Even if the money was spent to get you the clarity of this is not what I want. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's what we're paying for. We're paying to get clarity of like, Hey, this is not the life I want. Exactly. I spent a lot of money to figure that out, but I'm okay with that. Right. And two things, you know, there's the book, Wherever You Go, There You Are by John Kabat-Zinn. It's so true. This is why jumping from job to job is rarely ever the answer. Because wherever you go, there you are. You take yourself with you. And and, And if we're honest, if we're really, really honest, part of our unhappiness is the environment. Part of it is management. Part of it is policies. But part of it is things in ourselves that we need to change. Mm-hmm. I look at some of the burnout stories and I see the thread of how much people give. Oh, I was there. I was given 150%. That might be part of the problem. That might be part of the problem. Because if you're giving 150% over and above, what, if, what have you had for yourself? What have you been giving to yourself? Imagine if you put 150% into yourself where you would be, right? So that that is part of the, the burnout problem. It's not all about the job and the corporations and what they need to change. And those things are valid. Absolutely. But they don't exist apart from the work that we need to do for ourselves and to ourselves, right? And then the other thing that you said is that it's never a wasted experience because you're always building forward. Mm -hmm. You're always building upon that foundation. And knowing what you don't want sometimes is more important than knowing what you do want. Sometimes it's hard to figure out that picture. And so with my clients, especially those who are dangerously close to being burnt out, give me a list of all the things you know for sure you don't want. Yes, and they can because, do that. Yeah, because people have a firmer like grasp on what that is because they're yes. living it. Whereas yes. if you ask them, what do you want? There is like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah. I just know I don't want this. Yeah. And they're fearful. A lot of times people know what they want, but they're so fearful. It's like looking at the sun and it's so bright and so beautiful. You just can't look at it because it's, I mean, you can't look directly at it, but I'm just saying sometimes dreams are so big and so beautiful and so unbelievable that we can't even put them on paper because we don't see that 
as being possible in our lives. I would have to win the lotto for that to happen. I would have to, whatever, for that to happen. But can you just put it on paper? Some people can't even put it on paper. Not asking you to execute, not asking you to do anything. Just write it it down. Put it on a post-it note. Right. It's all I'm asking. And even that is difficult. And that's where meditation and for me, self-compassion practice come into play because it helps me touch that still point. I I already know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, so you can verbalize it. So all of our (laughs) listeners can hear it. Do you believe that your vision and your desire to manifest this practice in your mind was helped get that legislation passed for nurse practitioners to be able to be independent from doctors? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because, you know, energy is matter, people's energies. And I take very little credit for pushing this through, but I'll tell you the nurse practitioners who came before me, Mm -hmm. my instructors, my teachers at University of Maryland, let me tell you a fierce fierce group of women, primarily women, nurse practitioners. I won't say only, but you know, the ones I knew who were, were, and they were behind this legislation 150%. They were at legislative meetings. They were involved politically. And from the time we were, you know, admitted into the program, they held that as an expectation that we would hold student memberships mm-hmm. in the or in NPAM, uh, Nurse Practitioner Association of Maryland. And they drove that point home that we're not independent now, but we will be, and you will be part of that. And I just think that when you have your, the full weight of what you believe and you desire and you know you deserve this and you are actively you know, moving that ball forward inch by inch by inch, matter moves. You know, if I take this phone and I shove it off the desk, it's going to fall to the floor. It's matter. And energy is also matter. Thoughts are matter because you, from your thoughts, you develop actions. You take action. Right. And so we were putting our money and actions where our mouths were, you know, just like this is going to happen for us. And it did. But I give so much credit to my, you know, my mentors and my teachers because that was an expectation. It wasn't, would you join us? It was, you know, now that you've been admitted to the program, here's your application for your student membership in this organization. What you just talked about, what's coming up for me is Hal Elrod's book, The Miracle Equation. Have you yes. heard that book? Yes. And it's part one is faith, like yep. blind, like unwavering faith. Unwavering. And then the second part is like action and doing the thing mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. know that you need to do. Like you need both parts. And yes. that was that was the mix that you and all of those other nurse practitioners had. But mm-hmm. like faith, unwavering mm-hmm. faith, this is going to happen. We are going to have this one day. Mm-hmm. And then you all got to work. Yeah. And I believe to your point and to his book that you have to be the thing that you desire. You have to internalize that. You have to move in the world in in such a way that you see it already happened. You know, you, you you've already acknowledged that I am already 
this person, right? Because part of it is that this has to change the legislation, but I also have to be the person who is ready for that, who is in position for that. You know, so there's all kinds of work within ourselves that we have to do when we're trying to manifest something into the physical realm. Exactly. Because in that book, too, he talks about wanting to be the kind of person who could run a marathon. Exactly. Right. And so he's like, I'm going to go train and run this. He hated running, right? Right. It was not enjoyable. He's like, but I want to know what it feels like to be the kind of person that does that and lives that way. Yes. And embodying that version of himself. That's the word embodiment. Richard Strozzi Heckler teaches on embodiment and, and embodying the declaration. I took at the start of the pandemic, I enrolled in the inner MBA program, which is a collaborative effort between Sounds True, New York University, and Wisdom 2.0 and LinkedIn. It was a collaborative effort, those four organizations. One of the most transformative experiences I've ever had. It was a year-long certificate program. And Richard Strozzi Heckler is one of the instructors, along with Tammy Simon and some others. And he did a module on embodying your declaration, embodiment, to your very point that you just made, that you take on the physical presence. How do you stand? How do you speak? What do you declare? You know, and what do you see? And you have to be to win a marathon. You're not going to be sitting on that couch. Mm-hmm. You're not going to win a marathon that way. And, and you know, when women business owners, you know, then I meet women, other women who aspire to start their own businesses and be CEO of such and such. How does a CEO structure their day? How does the president and CEO structure their day or the president and then the CEO? Because those are two different roles. But how do they structure their day? They're not going to wake up first thing in the morning and be scrolling through Facebook for an hour. Right. They're going to get up. They're going to read their financials. They're going to know where the business is. They're going to touch in with their leadership. They're going to do something for their own self-care, whether it be running, golf, swimming, whatever. Right. So they have structure in their lives. And that's part of what you have to become in order to, you know. Yeah. And and leadership starts with leading yourself. Yes. Even if there isn't a single person behind you following yet, yep. to be a to be a leader is to lead yourself first. To lead yourself first. Exactly. Exactly. And it starts in here. You seeing yourself in such a way that you begin to, to your term, embody that Mm -hmm. in all that you do, all that you believe your whole life is the picture of some people will call it fake it till you make it. It's not that it has nothing to do with faking it. It has nothing to do with that. People can feel that fake energy. People can smell that a mile away, right? Exactly. If you're embodying and, and knowing and believing that's a whole difference. Right. Presence than the fake it till you make it. Mindset. Yeah, exactly. Whole different presence, mindset, way of being of your own energy radiating out into the world, meeting people like you. I was just so thrilled when we met each other. I'm like, my gosh, she just has such good energy, you know? And then obviously who you are connected to, you know, it just sort of ripples out gosh, if this person is so beautiful, I can only imagine the people that she knows, 
who she surrounds herself with, the books that she reads, the conferences that she must go to. You see, and you you can only have that by embodying that yourself because that's where those connections come in. Yeah, and that's that's when you start attracting those people like it, like you, yeah. right? If yeah. you want to start, they say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And mm-hmm. I'm always like, who wants to increase their average? I know I do. <laughs> Who do I need to start hanging out with and rubbing elbows with and being yeah. surrounded in their energy and their vision? Right. And right. so that you can borrow some of it, especially when you're first starting out and you're like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you are in that kind of mm-hmm. make it till you make it kind of space right. or you're trying to, you're putting on mm-hmm. uh, and trying to see what fits you as, as right. it relates to you know who you want to be. But you're like, well, start hanging out with people who you want to be like. Exactly. Because like, yeah, like rubs off on like. Exactly. And even if there are people who you like that you're not, you know, going to meet in your day to day, let's just say I'll, you know, pick anyone, I don't know, Michelle Obama or, you know, a celebrity or someone, you know, business leader, follow them, use your social media for a purpose, follow them and see what books do they read? What conferences are they going to? What, you know, what do they do in their spare time? And there are many ways to be influenced by people whose energy radiates a level of presence that you want to have for yourself. Yeah. And now more so than ever before, we actually have inside access to people who we would never have had access to in the past. Right. Because they're putting themselves out there in more ways and spaces Mm -hmm for mm-hmm. the average person to be able to take a peek. Right. See. Right. And even the people that we know on our social media, you know, profiles ask some of the people that you really like. Hey, what are you reading? You know, what's on your bookshelf? What podcast do you listen to? You'd be quite surprised how much you can learn, you know, it, it, as you said when you're building forward and sort of feeling like I don't know what is next for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I just blank. And then now what, you know, that's the beauty of the human experience, the interconnectedness. You don't have to sit here in isolation and suffer and have all of this anxiety. Mm -hmm. You can open yourself up to the energy of others who have maybe already figured it out or are just like you trying to figure it out. And you can relax into that wave of knowing, you know, boy. Yeah. Angel, I think we need to change the title of your episode. I think it's like, I just had a vision. Now what? And it's what you got to do to now make that vision happen and come alive and be Love reality. It. So take it off the vision board and put it into in real life. Put it into your life and know that it is already there. I was, re- you know, I don't want to sound too woo woo, but it's going to no, sound. Go there, bro. So I, have to, I, have to, I have to go there. I believe that there are parallel realities. There is the reality that we are in now, this moment, Mm -hmm. and there is the reality that will exist tomorrow, two years from now, five years. We are creating tomorrow's reality now, right? So who you're voting for now is going to be in office next year. What you're doing now in terms of your exercise, your diet, all these other things is the person you are creating for tomorrow, right? So there, so you have to know that I, I've come to the place where I can relax into a certain level of knowing 
that things will manifest for me because in the parallel universe, it's already there. It's already there. It's already there. I, I myself am having to move closer to becoming the person who embodies that two years from now, five years from now. If the work I'm doing now, if my intention is pure, if my work is action-based, focused, clear, I really am manifesting my next year and the year beyond based on my actions. Now, someone will make the argument, yeah, but things happen. What about, of course, you know, of course there are things beyond our control, but we are still moving forward into- We are still the the makers. We are still the inventors. And yes, tomorrow starts today. Starts today. Yeah. And we have to also know in parallel realities that my reality is not your reality. We have the we have a shared reality because it's 2022, November 17th. We're in this, but you also have your own individual reality, the life you're living with your spouse, your family, your dreams. And so, and you and that reality is shaped by your experiences. So we can't adopt other people's truths as our own. Oh, there's no way that's good. And that's what happened in my career. I wouldn't do that if I were you because I heard, or I wouldn't do that because of you, because I'm a nurse practitioner and here's what I experienced. Well, that's your reality. That's not my reality. And that may sound woo-woo to some people, but you know, I, I can't help that. You know, it's 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 just that knowing. And so when we talk about vision, you really do have to stay within the realm of your own reality and your experiences. Yes. And be inspired by others, but right. know that that is, that is a very, that there is some uniqueness to them and there's yeah. some uniqueness to you. And so it will, it, it could run parallel, but it can, it can be very different. At exactly. Same. Exactly. Yeah. You know that from your career, mm-hmm. you know, other women or men or whomever has had different experiences than you had. You know, and there, and you may have had the same degree, same amount of training, all this other thing, but because of who you are, your light, your embodiment, you know, all of those things shaped who you are now and where you are now and where you're going. Absolutely. Love it. All right, Angel. Well, I always love to ask this question to everybody. So now what? What's going on with you right now? What do you have in the works? What are you excited about? I'm so excited because three years ago, I turned 50, turned the major page in my life, and I am doing all the things that you know have been on my bucket list for a long time. I enrolled in a scuba diving certification program, so I'm coming up on the, the, the final stage of my checkout dives. I'm excited about that in my personal life. In my business, what's coming in 2023 is destination retreats for women who are ready to design the life they deserve. I am so excited about this. I am so excited to take what we do in those vision board workshops and expand that into two things, two offerings. One, the an online course that really does go deeper into creative visualization and what that means and you know beyond the board itself but how you engage in creative visualization in your in your life on a day to day and then beyond that 
a retreat experience for women who are ready to apply all of the principles in that course with me live seven days of just absolutely transformative work, deeply, deeply transformative work to design the life you deserve and the life you desire. Love it. Love it. Sign me up, especially if it's going to be somewhere warm and tropical, which I believe. Oh, it is. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be warm and it's going to be tropical. That's for sure. All the info for all of those things are going to be in the show notes. So if that sounds good to you, check out those show notes and join Angel for one of those amazing workshops. All right. So that is it from us today. Thank you so much for joining me. This was a an inspired conversation, so much so that I really think we do need to change the, t- the title of your episode. We should, so, yeah. Well, you know, who wants to talk about fifty thousand dollars in debt? <laughs> Let's talk about designing the life you deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so everyone, thank you so much for joining us. If this episode resonated with you, please give it a like, a share, give us a comment, show us a little bit of love, and if you know somebody who is going through something similar, right? Maybe they're in a transition in their career. Maybe they just spend a whole whack load of money on something that they're not so loving. And maybe they're lacking a little bit of vision. Please, please, please share this episode with them. It just may help them figure out their own. Now what? Yes. All right. And if you are a patron, come and join us over on the patron site at patreon.com backslash I just blank. Now what? Angel and I are going to continue this conversation and chat about a couple of extra things. So if you want to hear more, come join us over there. All right, that's it for this week. And we will see you next time on I Just Blank, Now What? Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank, Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do, how to move forward and help you answer now what. See you on the next episode.